Previously on Grand Designs. Grimlock gets into position. As you're all standing there around waiting. You all hear a crash and a smash and a scream. And then we're now in round time. I'd like to draw my dagger of venom. I got one! Oh, son of a bitch. Carl. See, slinking out of the shadows behind you, you turn just in time to see Tink as she takes back stabby attack against you. A star likes his space. Next. This star's calling cut. Beckus, I got two more. Was that not you who uh, blew up the sloppy bowl? So I thought the elf did it in order to get my men. So wait, you really didn't set fire to the sloppy bowl? If they didn't blow up the sloppy bowl, then would that have been maybe Giligama? Hello, and welcome to the Rollmageddon Podcast, Grand Designs Campaign, episode number 29. We are a Pathfinder 2 campaign. We are... I. I feel like I should just give up on saying we're a horror campaign, but there may be horrifying things. And we are definitely not safe for work. I am Jason. I am the Game Master. And let's introduce the three humans who will be playing people in the game who are not necessarily human. Let's go first. That was a really humanist introduction. What about Beckus? You're going to hurt Beckus's feelings. <laughs> Beckus can handle anything. Humans who are playing other races, but Except might for not be playing basic humans. Bitch yeah, might not. I mean, I am. So <laughs> that's why there's a might. There's a room for opportunity. I'm playing Beckus Brandywine. I'm Jordy. I, I just guess. tricked you into doing just the intro right first. In. I know. <laughs> I knew. I figured that like it was a pretty good deflection, and we'll slip right back. <laughs> and I'm Ali playing Carl, the elf wizard, um, and I I am a human. Uh, in real life. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm a wizard in this fantasy setting. <laughs> You're so your a wizard, race wizard, is wizard a race? You're a wizard. You're I am a w- oh, wait, what am I? Oh, an You're elf. a wizard, Carl. <laughs> yeah, I'm an elf. You know, I, it's been a long day. Elf, elf wizard. Uh, and I am uh, Molly Oblivion. I make no claims of being human in either real life or the game. I play Bon Bon, the snow goblin alchemist, and her faithful companion, Grimlock. Alrighty, so let's get some hero points. Negative. I am. Damn! A I thought popsicle. we were getting extras because you were gonna forget. <laughs> now, did anybody have any leftover? I did. I think, yeah, Jordy had one. I had two. You did not. You lie every time. Not every time, but many times. <laughs> one of these dudes, you're gonna forget that I didn't have two and just give me two extra hero points. That or way. he's like, gonna. I'm not you, doing this for no reason. Or you'll actually have some, and he'll just be like, "Nah, she never has them." So the you just girl who cried hero points. <laughs> So, in last episode... Oh, don't I get a hero point for bringing Thin Mint cookies? I brought Girl Scout cookies, man. That is hero point worthy. You're just begging today. I'll give you a half a hero point. You got to earn the other half. You know, we oh, like, wow. That's so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she just earned it right there. I know, right? Ow. No, I want to be on Jason's side with this one. Mm. So, last episode, y'all got recruited to go find Tink, and you killed some jesters. You captured Tink, questioned her. Um, she claims that she was not involved in the attack on the sloppy bull. And that she thought that Carl did it because he's a cruel elf who slits people's throats in the street like a common criminal. Did we let her live? Uh, Hele took her away to Yes, we the let her live. Hour. 
Yeah, she's still alive. Okay. We still got a lot done, though. Wow. It's a big you day did. for us. I killed the most. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bun Bun was very stabby, stabby. Though. I was super stabby. Oh, that's right. That's why I wanted that dagger. I was all jazzed because I did so much stabbing. Like, like yeah. So much stabbing. So much stabbing. All right. So after that happened, uh, see, Bacchus and Carl paid a visit to the library. And Bon Bon took a bath. Hell yeah, I did. And that was pretty much the extent of the entire episode. And you woke up to discover some news, but we're going to be walking through that as we go along just to make it a little more organic. First of all, however, Beckus, you were up all bloody night doing research on Bakwain and the Bakwathan people. I would like you to make a society check. <laughs> First roll of the night. I don't know why I went. Is for Careless that. Whisper always going to be the new song when you roll a society check? Well, it certainly it? is now. <laughs> okay, sorry, what was that? Eleven. That, all right, you dig through these books and I'm tired. You find a lot of just stuff in general. However, you don't come up with any sort of answers to the questions that you were looking at. You don't find any real good details on uh, what were you researching, Bakwathan sort of shamanic practices and such. They're big books. They're very thick. It takes you a while to kind of page through them, and you just don't end up finding anything. So the next morning arrives. Bon Bon, you're getting up to go to work about the same time that uh, Beckus and Carl are finally going to sleep. Lazy bastards. (laughs) (laughs) She finds a little wrapped package outside of her door. Hey, what's this little wrapped package outside of my door? What is it? I open the package from Beckus. Okay, what is the package from Beckus? A familiar satchel, earplugs, grappling arrow, rope, and one oil. What are these? <laughs> so did you buy a bunch of crap? Mm-hmm. What are the earplugs <laughs> for? Random utility items, in case I ever do my Sonic show. Oh, what's a familiar satchel? I have no idea. Um, I walk over to, is Becca sleeping? You're, you're sleeping now or you're on your way to sleep? Uh, we're on our way, I suppose. They're probably, uh, cause you, you, uh, they're probably asleep by now. I go into Beckus's bedroom with the familiar satchel and I gently nudge him awake. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> and I ask him, I put the satchel really close to his sleeping face and then I shake him and I'm like, hey, Beckus, what is this? Mm, that's for Grimlock. It's a little armored case for your little familiar. Anything oh. tiny or small or contained within it. It has air holes, so you can keep it in there as long as you want. If you go underwater, you can plug it up a little cork. It'll have enough air for a little while. And there's two receptacles for food and water, so it can stay in there for a while. I didn't even know Grimlock doesn't need Any food or water. Any creature inside has neither line of sight nor line of effect to outside world, but cannot be triggered by attacks. It's basically a case to protect. Thank yeah. you so much. I pat Beckus four times on the face and then leave. All right. It's more for Grimlock than you. You hear Grimlock from the other room go, that means thank you. And then I shut the door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Bon Bon, you head off to work. You're walking to work. It's a, yeah, it's not an incredibly long walk. I think it takes about 30 minutes if I remember correctly. And you're walking and you notice there's an unusual amount of activity on the streets. You see a lot of what look to be 11th hour enforcers just kind of out and around. Some of them are sitting around, look like they're posted up, almost like guards, which is 
fairly unusual except in certain places. And you see several groups of them scurrying about in a hurry, like marching up one street or down another. And there's a general feeling of tension in the air. Do I recognize any of these people? You may have seen faces like that one that one over there may look familiar or that one over there, but you don't you've not been formally introduced to any of them. And are they everywhere like from the time that we leave like that I leave the apartment until I get to Gartooks? Are they just like everywhere? There's just a lot more than usual. It's not like there's one posted every, you know, twenty feet along the road, but every couple of blocks you run into another one, it's either it looks like they're posted up or scurrying down the street in like a small group. Um, I would like to approach one of them that I recognize. All right. Man turns to you, looks down. Hey, uh, hey, you're the snow goblin, right? Sorry, I don't know your name. <laughs> oh, that's all right. No, I, I am a snow goblin. sloppy bowl. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I am a snow goblin. Uh, I was just wondering, is, is, uh, is everything all right? There seem to be quite a bit more of you on the streets than normal. Is Are things okay? Uh, not really. Uh, Chip Bone was attacked this morning. Some, uh, somebody tried to light it on fire. The chipped bone? Yeah. We're, uh, we're out trying to figure out what happened. Track this person down, maybe. But they didn't set it on fire like they did the sloppy bowl, right? Well, they scorched it up pretty good. Couple, couple of dead folks in there. Luckily, it was pretty late. There wasn't too many people in there. Just a couple people drinking, gambling, that kind of thing. Did anybody, like, you remember what happened to Berenia of the sloppy bowl? How she got all, like, burned up? But she didn't die. You know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, I know she survived. A bunch of other people didn't. Was there anybody else that was affected like that at the chip bone? Do you know? Well, I mean, a couple of people managed to uh, jump under tables and stuff like that. But oh, okay. I mean, all the, I don't know. I wasn't there. I just right. heard about it and I got me marching orders. Um, we're out here just uh, making sure the place is safe and trying to figure out what happened. I salute him. Because I saw someone do that once. <laughs> it gives you an odd look. Thank you for the information. Uh, best of luck. Be safe. And I head on back or continue on toward Gartux. All right. You go to Gartux and you begin your long work day. Would Gartux have any information about Spam? Probably not. I don't know. Do you want to ask him? Yeah, actually, can I, before I start my work, can I ask Gartux? I would like to ask Gartux about... The 11th hour presence, but I would also like to ask him what he thinks, what he makes of what happened to Bruinia. Well, um, I mean, I heard about the attack on the chipped bone. But, I mean, I wasn't there. I just heard about it incidentally this morning. I haven't really asked him about too many details. As far as Bruinia goes, I don't quite get what you're asking. Well, she was essentially right there in the middle of the blast at the Sloppy Bowl, but she wasn't killed. There was some kind of something protecting her, and we don't quite know what. She got all badly burned and scarred up, but she wasn't hurt. You know what I mean? <sighs> I hadn't heard that. I just heard that she had survived. Yeah. And, oh, no. she. There was like a whole void where she was standing, like the fire just was repelled off of her. That seems rather odd. Right? That's what I said. I mean, um, not really my uh, subject of expertise. Are there any potions or... Yes, there are. 
There are items, uh, alchemical items, that will protect you from fire. Well, thank you. I just thought maybe I'd run it by you. You're the smartest person I know in Portion Grand, except for my best friend, Beckus. So, you know, it's just nice to... <laughs> yes! <laughs> he raises one eyebrow slowly in your direction. Time to get back to work, I think. <laughs> thank you, Gartuk. Now I go to work. I'm thinking about a frog with eyebrows. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, it probably doesn't actually have eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, guess guess uh, Weston must me just I be a moron then. He has eyebrow wigs. It's just like Weston little mustaches glued on. Super smart. He just has to be pretty. That's Weston's job. <laughs> oh my! All right. Pretty and oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> just how I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Several hours later. Carl and Beckus, you've been up all bloody night. You awaken to the mid-afternoon. What do you do? Um, I open my eyes and I, um, I greet Rufus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how'd you sleep, buddy? Oh, I slept pretty good. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think we stayed up a little late last night. Uh, let's see what Beckus is doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll go I'll go see what Beckus is doing. I'm brushing my hair. <laughs> Beckus is brushing his hair. Um, oh, morning, Beckus. What would you have to roll to like successfully brush your hair? Probably a dexterity. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> What are you trying to make it do? <laughs> it might be a craft check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm brushing and braiding my hair. Oh, morning, Carl. Check out the table there. I've got a present for you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, I'll check the present. All right. When did you have time to buy all this, Beckus? I sent out for it at the front desk. <laughs> I made a note at the bar on a napkin. I hope they read it well. Wow, an, an antidote potion and a note? Um... Just in case Bonbon bon chooses not to save you. <laughs> uh, no, it's got one oil, earplugs, grappling arrow, and a row. Wait a minute. I feel you like got, you bought us the same present. You got a familiar <laughs> satchel, though. That's true. That's true. I was going to get him something special, but I didn't think of anything. So uh-huh. I'll get something later. Plus, my familiar can breathe underwater. He doesn't even need a quirk. My familiar doesn't even have to breathe. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, your your familiar smells a little bit like uh, rotting food a little bit. Just Look, he really likes holding the chocolate in his mouth. He likes how it tastes and feels. Well, feels. I'd like <laughs> to specify, too, that this familiar satchel looks like a little birdhouse. Like, with, like... Oh, see, I pictured it like one of those little cat domes. You know that you wear me back. <laughs> if you want it to be like that, back. yeah. I was thinking like a cute little like mini house for him. <laughs> I love that. Can it be a cat dome? I really want Grimlock's little face to be poking up out of a little window on my back. Like, that would be amazing. I don't think that's a technology that require plastic. What about glass? Glass, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I <laughs> that sounds like, like the wise glass? decision. Tempered, yeah. yeah. Smash. <laughs> like tempered glass. It's like that thick glass, yeah. Or it's, I'm sorry, it's, but this is a world where people can resurrect the dead and burn people with their like retinas. I think suits? you can invent plastic. What if it's, like, what if it's got... <laughs> you can. What if yeah. it just has like one really small little like chunk of really thick glass that he like, can like yeah, look through? Yeah, I was going to say, isn't there like yeah. bell diving suits? Yeah. There were diving suits, right? 
I mean, maybe the gnomes of the Eureka Academy might come up with such a contraption. Well, I thought like the kids well, were like maybe it's a gnomish suits. cat oh, no, dome. No, no, no. The, the kids were just diving and holding no. their breath. Maybe it's a gnomish cat dome. I would require it to cost more. Maybe it just has a little special. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't have to be a cat dome. I'll just take the little little birdhouse. Man, it isn't it an imaginary object anyway? Couldn't it be whatever you want in your head? Yeah, Jason can't take that away. I'm from gonna you. see it as a cat dome. <laughs> yes, okay? but our listeners don't get to see that flavor. Listeners, um, while the pet uh, box may may not actually be a dome that Grimlock's little head uh, and his little Yeti face poke out of. Um, in all of our heads, except for Jason's, <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. So you you can picture it however you want, but uh, just just know that the three of us players are all picturing it one way. Yep. And just remember, though, thank you. The satchel while he's in it blocks his line of sight. Well, right, because it's a captain would have to like literally turn around and point the dome at whatever. Well, that means it is. he can't see anything. Yeah, that's fine. Even out your back. What if everything is just like okay, it's super like distorted? Foggy glass. It's like foggy tempered <laughs> glass. It's, it's a stained glass done in a replica. It's enough to let some Grimlock. light in. He's scared of the dark. Thank you. Anyway, Carl, Beckus, what are you doing during your day? This is why I want to play Coriolis, by the way, because there would be fucking cat domes in Coriolis. Sorry. <laughs> um. I'm gonna work on my uh, my sculpture, I guess. Okay, you carving away, Vegas. Mm. I'm gonna go down to the front desk and see if there's any word of any news. <laughs> All right, you smell news. Um, you head down to the front desk. I wanted to see if I have any messages. You know, the usual. What's the lobby boy's name? I wish there was a name for this person that I always ask for things from. Uh, you want me to look it up? Is it? Yeah. Do they have a name? I gotta I'd find like to my know. notes on the smiling tiger. Unless there's like different people on different shifts, but I'm presuming this guy just kind of like has an apartment right behind the door there, and he just like comes out when anyone comes in, like a weird hotel man. The front desk person is a human female in her mid forties by the name of Hunaleta. At least that's one of them. There's also. A halfling guy and is middle-aged by the name of Asoro. Those are the two that kind of take turns being the front desk liaison. So look, are you surprised? I actually wrote all this shit down. I mean, no. <laughs> like I figured you did. I just never ago. thought to ask. So you had Hunaletta right now? Hunaletta? Yes, Hunaletta. Afternoon, Hunaletta. Or morning for me. Uh, any messages or anything going on today? Uh, no messages for you. Uh, did you hear about the the attack? What attack? Uh, the chip bone. It's uh, whoever done burned up Renia's place. Looks like they tried to, they tried to burn up uh, chip bone as well. Let's have some sort of vendetta against 11th hour. Wow. Amazing. I wish I was holding something so I could drop it. <laughs> That's good. That's not good news, but this is news I need to hear. Uh, have a better morning, I suppose. I'm gonna run upstairs. Alright, you run upstairs. I relay the news to Carl. Carl, the frickin' chip bone got attacked last night. Oh my god, what happened? Some sort of fire starter's running amok. Ugh, I suppose we should probably go investigate. Let's figure out where Bonbon is. 
Um, you think bonbons at work? Um, I I feel like she goes to work like almost every day. <laughs> it's almost like she has a job. Yeah. <laughs> like like, l- listen, I don't want to be uh you know real downer, but like uh, uh she's really she's really like harsh in our like you know our mellow day off vibes with her like working. Um, anyway, let's go, let's go see if we can like recruit her. I'm sorry, am I harsh in your vibe, man? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I I don't I don't recall you being here. <laughs> uh, let's let's tell uh, let's tell Gartuk we've got something really important, and we can just uh, you know borrow her briefly. <laughs> All right, so you uh, get dressed. I'm assuming head head downstairs, out into the streets, and make your way toward uh, Gartuk's alchemist laboratory. Along the way, you're walking around. You definitely see a incre- an increased presence of 11th hour sort of enforcers that are about and around. And, um, they seem like they mean business. They're kind of talking to people, uh, moving up and down the street rapidly. Uh, every once in a while, some one of them seems to be posted out in front of a building that may or may not be important. And eventually, about halfway there, you see, wandering down the street in your direction... Someone that Beckus recognizes, at least. I don't remember if anybody else met him. Six and a half feet tall, lanky, shoulder length, massive brown hair, mid-thirties, wearing a gray and blue, thick woolen tunic and matching trousers, the heavy woolen cloak, despite the summer's heat. You see Floyd. He's ambling in your direction, and he sees Beckus and kind of raises one finger. Ah, Beckus, I... I knew I'd find you here eventually. This is that old weird creepy dude that peeks beyond the void, right? Yeah, he's the one that uh, the, the, talked to you yeah. about the coin. What order is he a part of? Uh, the blue men. Okay. Oh, no, sorry, the, the strangers. Okay. Yeah, the blue men are actually the merchants. I accidentally blew myself. <laughs> Prematurely. Ah, <Prematurely. laughs> uh, Floyd, strange to have meet you here today. How are you? Oh, uh, better now, better after the little incident with me giving you that ticket on the boat. I was out for about a week. You know, he, he reaches up and touches the moon symbol that's hanging around his neck. The goddess of fate can be quite fickle when she finds you giving away her secrets. And needless to say, I was blind and my tongue split in half and took about a week to get back into working order. But I'm here to talk to you about something that does not involve the future, that does not involve a vision, and thus will not wound me terribly if I try to speak it. Um, I have heard you are looking for someone to remedy a certain situation concerning certain dead individuals, and I um, was wondering if you would come to any uh, conclusion on that matter. Um, Well, we were looking to resurrect a well, but basically an entire family, but we haven't so chosen a specific priest. We haven't found one. Yes, priests, uh, the gods and the goddesses are very fickle. I may have an answer. I know a group of people, and they could perhaps perform these rituals. However, the goddess in question is, uh, you know, other goddesses and gods and goddesses, they only raise people who are in their favor, whereas the Lady of the Bleak, she 
more raises people for favors. So if you find yourself at a dead end, I mean, we can, I can go and introduce you to these people. Um, it has to be on the hush hush as worship of this particular goddess is frowned upon. But um, yes, um, if you're interested, I'll be hanging about in front of the sloppy bowl. Uh, they only meet at very late, so sometime around midnight. If you're, if you uh, haven't come up with a solution, um, yes. Hello, Carl. By the way, um, yes. I know Carl, we haven't met, but uh, oh, um, a, a, a pleasure to meet you. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't realize I was actually here. Um, so this 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 lady of the the bleak. Um, what is she? Do I can I make a roll to know what she is? Uh, religion check. <laughs> Spinning the arrow point. Seventeen. Seventeen. Fifteen. All right, y'all don't know much, but you do remember the Lady of the Bleak is one nickname for a goddess known as Ferriseta. Ferriseta is rumored to be a patron deity of necromancers. Uh, there are no known temples to her. It's usually illegal to openly worship her. And she you just know that she has some sort of connection to the Nihil and the Veil. But you're not really... You can't dredge out any more details from your head. Floyd turns and says, Perhaps to see you later. I have other appointments to take care of. Ta-ta! He wanders down the street. So this, uh, this, this fair setup, I mean... We just do our favor and, uh, you know, we scratch her back, she scratches ours. Yes, well, something tells me if we get scratched by that, we might get an infection. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of at a loss. I mean, your, your goddess, uh, we haven't made any progress, have we? What goddess? D- d- uh, Dinora, remember? Oh, I know. Oh. Pretending like I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, whatever. Um, so you know, since since she's obviously been helpful, um, what if we just went to one of these meetings to see who these people are? Suppose so, and I guess at the very least we might sniff out a maybe a network of necromancers in town as well, unexpectedly. Yeah, I mean, uh, perhaps we can get a a little resurrection out of them, and see then, if there's uh, any shadier characters amok. Yeah, I don't have a problem with this. Um, should we maybe uh, continue getting Bon Bon here? Yeah, let's get her opinion on it. Uh, let's uh, see if we can't persuade Garchuk to let her play a little bit more hooky. Okay. You continue and finish the rest of your journey to Gartuk's alchemy, alchemy lab and come storming through the door. Ah, uh, Gartuk. Um, we we were um just person we were looking to see. Glad you're here. Um, um hello, Carl. Bonbon, oh. you over here? A familiar voice from the front of the of the building. I hear Carl's voice. Yes, you do. I keep working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what brings you here today? Uh, listen, listen, Gartuk. Um, uh, I was I was hoping to get a an antidote uh, potion from you. Um, just in just in case you know someone chose to not save me if I were poisoned. Um, uh, well, it's always good to have something on you. 
Uh, no, no. Of course, um, we have plenty of days. Yeah. Um. You know what? Um. Actually, that that's not what brought us here. I was just having a having a little dig at Bon Bon. Uh, <laughs> hi, Bon Bon. Hi, Carl. Um. Here's the thing. Um. So the chip bone was attacked, and Beckus and I are investigating. And um, you know, it's it's just not the same when it's just the two of us. We were hoping that we could maybe borrow Bon Bon for a bit. Her friends at Gakumin is uh quite quite good. She's really coming along. Well, I mean, she's supposed to be working right now. How much would it be to, like, hire her out for the day? Hire her out? Well, I'm sure you might send people out to, like, perform, I don't know, certain healing things, services outside of the shop? Generally just hire kids to do run packages and stuff. Well, she's the same size as one, I mean... They're very funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard that. Yeah, you also notice that Gartuk is a little bit shorter than <laughs> Bon Bon. Uh, Gartuk, I, I know she's been gone an awful lot. Um, she's she's so diligent. She's always here. Um, but we're just we're worried the attack on the chip bone could just be the start of something. And if we don't uh, work to stop it, their their lives could be lost. Is it? Could could you could we please just borrow Bon Bon? Well, she works. Very hard. She needs to take a few hours off. I'm sure that's fine. Yes, and one, one. I walk out uh, with my apron on. I'm covered in soot. And <coughs> Sorry, I'm covered in soot. Like I may have accidentally set my face on fire. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. Kaboom! I walk out from where I was, wearing my overalls and my apron, and I'm covered in soot. Like I set my face on fire. And I look at you guys, and I look at Gartuk, and I sort of say apologetically, like, if you don't mind. Well, I, as I've said, you work hard. Your friends need you for something important. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I hang my apron up on a little hook that's like goblin height that I imagine Gartuk has. and has. Oh, I'm me. sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> and for himself. <laughs> for himself as well. Um, also, did you guys hear what happened to the chip bone? That's, That's precisely why we're here. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, bye, Gartuk. Gartuk, thank you so much. It makes me feel so reassured having my friend that would definitely give me an antidote potion if I were poisoned. With Gartuk, I'll be sure He's to been send. Rambling on about this, I'm not sure what's going on. You know, on. we don't. We're none of us are really sure what's ever going on with with Carl. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you know, we've learned to just sort of accept his ramblings as um, the ravings of a mad elf. Mm. Get used to it. I'll be sure to send some of that salmon roe with Bon Bon that you love so much. You like know. salmon rolls? Roe. <laughs> salmon roe. He gives you a curious look. All right. So, Carl Beckus, you have acquired your Bon Bon and your Grimlock. What's the plan? He says from within his satchel that is not a dome. <laughs> I wiggle my little finger in front of the little window that he's sitting in front of. <laughs> Grimlock Do you like, like that? He like puts his hand on it like Rose in the Titanic. little schmears left yeah you schmeared okay sorry fog schmear do we know the we we know the name of the guy the firebrand uh you haven't really talked to people that that much you just know that the chipped bone was attacked okay um so where who who would you talk to is there there an information like a person that would be like knowledgeable about it like outside of like dwarven i mean you could ask around there was most likely witnesses somewhere. You could go to the chip bone and ask people there. I mean, do you just want to do like a general gather information? Yeah. Kind of see if anyone uh, has any info. 
All right. Um, normally, gather information is diplomacy. However, for this particular thing, since it's not about charming people, it's just about finding the right people. I'm going to go ahead and say you can either make a society or a Portion Grand Lore check. I'll make the Portion Grand Lore. All right. This does take a couple hours, by the way. So are you all cruising around with them, or are you going to go off and do your own separate checks? Well, um... I think I'll go along with Carl to try to help. Okay. Do you, would you like to make an assist roll? Sure. So you can do society or portion grand lore. Uh, I'll do, I believe society is the one that that's good. What if my good. diplomacy is higher than all of those other ones? It's not really diplo- diplomacy. When you gather information, diplomacy, it's usually like talking to people you don't know, trying to make friends, trying to get them to reveal secrets. In this case, you're literally just trying to find the right people, so I changed it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I don't have Portion Grand Lore, so I'll do Society. Okay. Uh, 25? All right, that oh, is... Oh, I'm sorry, 26? I believe that's uh, critical... Hold on, let me check. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow, Bond Mom, that was a critical piece of information. I cannot believe that you were able to just produce that. Did you have that just like Stuffed away in your head, like. Um, you, well, no, it's just from it's just from you know talking with people. You'll find that if you engage in discussions with people that do not revolve around whittling or forcing them into friendships, that you can get a lot of information that way. You know, people people usually like to talk when they're not, you know, being forced to take tiny little wooden statues. Wow, Bonbon, bon, after after Beckus, you are like the smartest person I know <laughs> in Porsche Grand. Ouch. Thank you, Carl. No, I mean Bonbon bon accepts that. Like she thinks Beckus is a genius. So like she wouldn't argue with you. <laughs> okay, so the DC's 20. Uh so with the success you get, you grant Carl a plus 1 circumstance bonus to his own role. I got a 31. With the plus 1 31? 32. Jesus. All right, I believe that's a critical success according to what I marked down. You're talking to a few people and you they kind of point you in the right direction as you're making way your way to the chip bone. You spend a couple of hours just kind of chatting up different people as you're moving toward the chip bone, so it slows you down. You get many pieces of information along the way. The people who saw this person are referring to them as the firebrand just because they flung fire. You know, they were dressed in uh, like red leather outfit with this sort of red leather um, cloak slash robe, kind of Emperor Palpatine style with a very deep hood and very like wide sleeves, but it opened in the front. So it was like half cloak, half robe. Uh, from the reports, you get the appearance that this person was neither short nor tall to sort of an average height. Um, somebody was sitting out front of the chip bone and said that they saw this individual standing out front of the chip bone, like just hanging out in the street for a while. And nobody really thought anything about it. You know, it was just another person hanging out until he rose, raised his hand and started like fire just started spilling out of this person's hand and into the chip bone. And some of them, some of the people say, you know, it was like a weird fire. It's like, it's like fire. But it was like almost like like tentacle fire, like a bunch of tentacles, and it was like kind of purple colored and weird. One person you run into says, "I was right there. I saw, I saw this firebrand, and and I could definitely see 
uh, it was a woman. It had a bosom. I mean, I could see a bosom there. I, I couldn't get a good look at her, though. There's, like, purple mist, like, coming out, like, all over all over her face and her hands. But, I mean, I got a little look. And it looked like sh- it looked like her skin was made out of stone. Like, crunchy rocks or something. But, I mean, and then I just fucking ran. I just, and she's flying around and stuff, too. I don't know what was going on. And that is what you discover with your gather information check critically. Success. Hmm. I couldn't have done that without you, Bon Bon. Real nice assist there. <laughs> is there any way I can search for residual Thank you, traces Carl. of necromantic energy outside of the chipped bone? Um, possibly. If the spell was powerful enough, it might have left an impact not outside but inside the chipped bone, like where the fire struck. Do you have a detect magic spell with which to do this thing or read aura? I have read aura. Okay, so you all finally arrive at the chip bone. You've all been there, I believe, at one point or another talking to Dwarven about something. And you can see the whole front ha- front of the front facade of the building is scorched. And as you approach, you can see the inside. It looks like a lot of the tables and chairs were burnt up pretty good. The Level of damage looks a lot more intense than was that happened in the Sloppy Bowl. Sloppy Bowl, according to your arcanic lore, Carl, looked very much like a fireball, which is more of a flash heat that will char people up, and but it generally won't light fires. Whatever the firebrand was doing at this point, she was deliberately trying to start fires in this place. So there are remnants on the ground which look like they might be like leftover bits of people that were burnt up and moved. And there are several 11th hour guards hanging about. They see you all and recognize you and just give you a nod. Uh, can I recognize the spell that she used? Here? Yeah. Uh, make an arcane or arcana, whatever it is. Like forget every time. Check. Um, that's going to be a 30. All right. You look over it, and it looks like some sort of more intense, more intense version of, like, a fireball. But the way the other person described it, it was, like, fiery tendrils. Uh, you can see areas that look like they were very deliberately targeted with, like, a, almost like a, a scorch pattern, kind of a left-to-right scorch pattern, where it looks like somebody just started on one side, similar to way, like, a burning hand spell might work. Okay, um, but something much, much stronger. Or just sustained. <laughs> uh, s- sustained and powerful. Okay. I'm going to try to feel out the vibe here. All right, I'm going to have you make... I guess just go ahead and make an arcane or occult. Your choice. 19. All right, so you wander around and kind of use your Riora spell, and you don't really find any traces of necromantic energy. It appears that the energy from the spell itself probably fairly uh, quickly cast and didn't leave enough residual energy to hang out for, you know, the, the half a day that it's been. Uh, well, guys, you know the last time I saw a caster this strong? Well, if um, if she was capable of flying, um, I, I mean, I can't fly, so she's obviously stronger than me. Um so we need to be very, very careful. Do we think this might be Lady Gilligama? 
I mean, I would be willing to uh, gamble a few coppers that it is. I mean, I can't really think of any other strong women who are necessarily angry at us besides Tink, and we have her apprehended. Well, and the purple glow and purple mist seems similar to the necromantic energy she was channeling when we last saw her. I would just like to remind everyone that the energy that Lady Gilligama was absorbing was a dark green energy. However, necromancy is traditionally associated with purple energy. So, I mean, she did make the ghouls as well, so. Oh. Other than that, I can't... I've been wondering when Gilligama was going to pop back up, you know? Like, I knew it was inevitable. We all did. I mean, it, it's possible it's somebody else, but, I mean, let's just assume for now that it is her. Yeah, I can't imagine who else it would be. We don't actually have that many enemies. So, um, they, they attack the, the chip bone, so presumably Dwarven has more enemies. Um, has anyone spoken to him? I haven't spoken with Dwarven, no. I did speak with a man from the 11th hour on the street today, uh, but all he did was just tell me about the chip bone. Um, do, do we know if Dwarven is, um, alive? Why wouldn't he be? I feel like we would have heard about that. I'm sure the man would have told me if Dwarven had been killed. Um, I would certainly be interested in speaking with Dwarven. I don't know about you guys. I suppose we could do that, and we have an inn with uh, a strange group of necromancers that might be able to uh, bring our family back if we decide that they're not too shady, but we might also get some wind or word on some necromantic energy slash figure out if this is tied to the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's. I think that's smart. Talk to Dwarven, I guess, and okay. wait until midnight. When we go to the chipped bowl, correct? Or are we going? To You're the at the chip bone right now, and there's well, are we going? Definitely not there. <laughs> no, at midnight. Are we meeting up with? Oh, Floyd, uh, Floyd uh, in front of the sloppy bowl. Sloppy bowl. Okay. Okay. So yeah, let's do that. All right. So you're trying to find Dwarven. Yep. Yes. I'm going to ask one of the nearest guards at the chipped bone if they know the whereabouts of where Dwarven is. Excuse me, sir. Where's Dwarven? Where's the man in charge? We need to speak with him. <laughs> Guy gives you a look. I give him a very condescending <laughs> look back. Um, it's probably somewhere. Not my place to say. Wow, that was a that was a fantastically unhelpful um answer. Um, l- listen, friend. Unhelpful to you. Listen, Helpful listen to the boss. Listen, listen, l- 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 listen. We are we are very very close. What, what, what's your name? None of your business. Um, well, here, um, and I'm going to hand him a, uh, a a prickly hedgehog. Um, I, I I think this is just just a, this is just a gift for you. Um, it's kind of it looks it over, confused. It's because you're kind of a prick. Um, now, do you mind telling us uh, who we might speak with to um, see Dwarven? Uh, we have important business um, regarding the firebrand, the attack that you're currently guarding against. Yeah, um, I'm guarding against that. So and. Um, I got no information to give people that I've been told to give the information to. Uh, you don't have to give give us the information about where Dwarven is. Um, uh, who, who's in charge with, with Dwarven unavailable? Who do you report to? Oh, for the love of Pete, I cast <laughs> Charm. <laughs> you cast Charm at what level? I'll cast it at level 3. Okay. <laughs> we'll save. Uh, I'm assuming your DC is what twenty one. Mm-hmm. All right, he he lightens up a little bit. 
Looks over at Carl. You know, I don't like you. You, though, you're okay. I think I've seen you perform. Dean's the name. Dean, I, I, I recognize that face. I might have seen you, too. Um, Sorry about him. We've just had a really long night, but we need to get to Dwarven as quickly as possible so that we can gather as much information quickly before this lead dies. And I feel like you're the man to tell me where he might be, so... Well, I know he's yeah. moved off, but uh, honestly, I don't know where he is. You have to... You think he's hanging out at some him. secret base, or... Who would well, I have to I don't know. To? Talk to Hele, or maybe Jatol. Well, then where's Hele at? You know where she is? Um, I think I've seen her. Off he points somewhere. up the road. I've seen her heading off that way. Any strategic buildings that she might be heading towards that way? Or that, you know? No, not my place to know those sorts of things. Everybody's just been all hectic, running about, you know? All right, well, Dean, you have been a pleasure. We gotta go. All right, well, good luck with that. If I, if I see Halle, I'll tell her tell, tell, uh, you're looking for. Most gracious, you take care, Dean, and if I see you at another show, you better come stop say hi. <laughs> oh, most certainly will. <laughs> all right, so what's the plan now? We follow in the direction of where Hele was going. All right, everyone make perception checks. I inspire courage. I don't know if that works. No, competence. Oh, okay, it's low, whatever mine is. Natural 20. Natural 20. I've not rolled below 17 tonight. You're 12. Hot. All right. Bon Bon is busy. <laughs> yes, uh, His Grimlock is like kind of moving around in the pack constantly and you're just having to like readjust and he's like trying to get out and, he, <laughs> and then he's like you know just being weird back there <laughs> I rolled 27 alright Carl you see her first you get about two blocks in the north and you see her coming out of Rita and Anita's bathhouse Rita and Anita <laughs> um, uh, Rufus would you mind uh, heading over to LA and l- letting her know we were Wait, how, is he faster than us? He's got to be faster than us, right? Uh, I think he moves about the same speed as y'all. Okay, that's lame. Uh, we'll just wait for <laughs> right, She comes out, and you spot her, and a few seconds later, as you're walking toward her, Hele turns and spots you and immediately starts moving straight towards you. What? What's the news, Hele? Dwarven wants to talk to y'all. Well, we want to talk to him. Where that's is he located? Good. I'm sure you all heard about the attack. Yes, we did. All right. Yeah, shocking news. I hope, uh, you know, the families and people who are burnt up, I, I hope we get justice. Yeah, there's a... The dead seem to be piling up. She turns and nods towards the bathhouse. He's holed up there for now, just to be extra safe if they're targeting him. But, um... I suppose if someone's targeting him with fire, the best place to go is a bathhouse. Yeah, makes sense, I guess, right? Oh man, plus if you're going to be holed up, it would be really nice to be able to take a nice relaxing bath all Although the time. imagine if she had the power to like turn the water into steam and you just get like boiled alive in your skin. Well, let's not hope that that's not the case. Yeah, I'm not going to dwell on that right now. <laughs> in either case, just go in there, talk to, Je- talk to, Jer- uh, talk to Deirdre, and uh, she'll take you to Dwarven. Do you guys know that boiled human smells surprisingly like pork? <laughs> Long pork. L.A. turns and walks pointedly away from you all. All right, so you all make your way into the bathhouse. Mm -hmm. And you see, for those of you who frequent the bathhouse, a familiar face. It is Deirdre. Uh, She is a 15-year-old girl, dark hair, dark eyes, very slight build, sort of uh, awkward. Uh, But she 
she's generally a bath maid, so she kind of helps and like brings in the scented perfumes or will wash your hair, that kind of stuff. Um, today she's just sort of standing out in front and the in the little um, like Vestibule. reception area, Vestibule. and she looks up <laughs> I'm and she sees you all, and her eyes kind of like widen a bit, and she takes a few quick steps towards you. Oh, I I I, I didn't expect you to see you so soon. Um, one does have to get clean. Hello, I, are you here for a bath? Uh, we're we're here to see dwarven. Yes, we're here for a bath. A very Dwarven bath. <laughs> oh, dwarven, yes. Um, that's what I thought. I don't want anyone to wash my hair. That's okay, Bonwan. We know that now. Thank you. <laughs> you have lovely hair. Thank you. Um, but, I, but we do love washing Grimlock. I, I put my hand by my mouth <laughs> uh, and I say, if you have anyone to wash that dress, though, it's starting to smell a bit. I She's not wearing you. that dress. She's wearing her overalls. Yeah, I'm wearing my overalls right now. Yeah. Oh, never mind. She's not her battle. She's not her battle dress. Right now, I I pull Grimlock out of his satchel and I um, and he climbs out of it and walks over to her and starts tugging on the bottom of her clothes. She picks him up in one arm, just starts like kind of cuddling with him and scratching the back of his head. Yeah. Well, I, I've never given him the ability to purr. So he doesn't do that, but he goes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Eventually, well, she turns. Tony's face. I'm sorry. I was like the best face ever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you get another hero point for breaking, Jordan. <laughs> I knew this was my day. I fucking knew this was my hero <laughs> point day. DRJ leads you down the hall, up a stairway to the second floor, uh, and then up another stairway where you've never gone, which are the offices, which are on the top floor of this three-story, basically massively palatial building. All the while, carrying Grimlock and kind of scratching on the back of his head. <laughs> Eventually leads you to an office. And she kind of motions toward the door, hands Grimlock back to you, Von Von. I take him back and uh, go in the direction in which we're being motioned. All right. You step through the office door. You see a decent-sized office. Uh, it's definitely not Dwarven's. Um, you see a assortment of knickknacks, books, and a decor that definitely screams that this is probably either Rita or Anita's room. More likely Rita, because Anita is a little more... Uh, Rita's the serious one. She's the businesswoman. I, mean, I don't think I don't remember if you even met either of these. two. I don't think we met them. This feels really yeah. new to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know that I've ever been to yeah, the bathhouse before. Yeah, you really haven't spent too much time at the bathhouse. Well, so. we went. Jordy and I went to the bathhouse once. Like when when like we very when I first got to Portion Grand, he took me to the bathhouse. But like there was just like an eleven year old girl there that wanted to wash my hair and I wouldn't let her. Well, yeah, that was like the prequel stuff that we haven't released. Yeah. So technically, the audience has not been introduced to the bathhouse. Yeah. However, so Rita and Anita run. The bathhouse. Most people just call it Rita and Anita's. Uh, Rita is the serious one. They're sisters. Uh, Rita's the older sister. She's the businesswoman. And she handles like the sort of... Uh, she handles the ba- the bathing stuff and all that sort of side of things. Anita handles the extra services provided by the bathhouse. I'm all about pleasure. <laughs> this sounds and like a sitcom. <laughs> she is uh, a little more whimsical, a little more... Um, more prone to to be a dick to you, kind of a thing. She like kind of talks down to people a lot, and she's just like tempestuous. Her own so she's perky, but she's rude. Uh, 
yeah, kind of like more like, uh, I don't want to say loud and obnoxious, but almost loud and obnoxious. Gotcha. But she keeps her business well, and she knows how to handle her rowdy customers. So this room probably belongs to Rita. It looks a little more organized. But there's no Rita in there. All that's in there is Dwervin, and he's sitting behind the desk. Uh, most of the decor of the desk has been kind of pushed to one side, and he's got like papers and stuff sprawled out all over the desk, and it seems to be examining them. He looks up as you walk in. Huh. Had I found you rather quickly. Well, like we found her, we were looking for you. Um, I assume we have some news we need to speak about? Uh, yes, yes, come in. Take a seat. I'm glad you're not dead. Uh, me too. Luckily, whatever was happening, whatever this, this person was doing, didn't really fill the entirety of the chip bone. I was back in my booth, so I was kind of out of the range of the most of it. Not sure if he was targeting the building or me or what was going on there, but we're going to find out. I pull out a chair for Bon Bon. Oh, I sit in it. It's very comfortable. Thank you. All the chairs in this room are incredibly comfortable. So do we, I mean, do we know whether or not what happened at the chip bone is definitely connected to what happened at the sloppy bowl? It was the same person for sure. Well, same Technique. I'm going to guess that it's the exact same person, unless it's more than one. It's sort of what I brought you all in here to help with. Y'all did a good job with hunting Tink down and keeping her alive. I want this firebrand brought to me alive. Now, there's a few problems with that. I'm speaking to you outside of the purview of the eleventh hour. I'm speaking to you as myself. I think this person is an assassin, and I want to know who sent them. The Eleventh Hour and the other more powerful influences in the East Block want this person's head. I need you all to find him, capture him, and bring him to me without letting anyone know. And before someone else gets to him. This might be a bit of a challenge. The magic from what I saw last night. Seems a bit beyond our purview. Yeah. It seems, yes, uh... He seems like a powerful person. You're going to have to be sneaky about it. Luckily, I mean, is this something, first of all, is this something that you feel you are capable of doing? Um, Alive, not uninjured, correct? Oh, no, just need alive. Just need him alive. Well, I think we, I think we can handle this. I mean, Bon Bon has been a little bloodthirsty lately, but, um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll rein her in. He raises an eyebrow. Bon Bon. No, he's refer. Oh, listen, I have recently discovered that I am uh, a little adept with a knife, and as one who typically is at the back of the fray, it was nice to know that I can get a little stabby in a pinch. That's all. Carl exaggerates. He's it's, like a thousand years old, you know. It's a handy skill to have. Thank you. <laughs> he pulls a wooden box from where it's been sitting next to the table and hands it to you. Here's some things to help you out. It's all from my personal collection, but you're welcome to have it. These are things that I don't use anymore. So, things that I sort of picked up that might help you along your way in dealing with this particular person. He hands you the box. Inside the box, you find... What's in the box? A ring of fire resistance. A potion of fire resistance. A moderate healing potion. Two doses of leaden leg poison, and he explains what these things are as he's giving them to you. 
This right here will slow him up. He can get get in, catch him. In case he's trying to run. And three crossbow bolts, which he explains are a type of special ammunition that will freeze someone up, slow him down. You have three crossbow bolt freezing ammunitions. Ooh. Hopefully so, that'll keep you from getting killed. Yeah, I think we might be able to uh, ma- manage with all these things. Uh, thank you, thank you, Gartuk. Uh, Dwarven, by the way, is my name. <laughs> oh, uh, I, th- I think we, I think we may be able to uh, manage with these things. Uh, th- thank you, Dwarven. So, Dwarven, is this exclusively between us three, or is there any way I might be able to get a little helper? And by little, I don't mean little at all. <laughs> I see where I see where this is going now. Well, the only other two people besides myself that know what's going on, and my two are uh, well, three people, my two lieutenants and Andra. So Halle, Jatol, and Andra. If you need anything, talk to them. But remember, make sure you do it out of earshot from anyone else. They have uh, their own little missions tracking down. Andra's still guarding the safe house where Brynja's at. We, uh, if she was an actual target, we don't want her to become a target again if this if this firebrand finds out where she's at. Yes, I think um, I, I think Beckus has a little mission of his own for Andra, but um, if if we need, we'll we'll get in touch with them. All right then. Uh, Dwarven, do, do you have a list of who was in the chipped bone when when it was attacked, or are, are there still some unknowns? We've been falling in on some of those leads, but it's just regulars, drunks, gamblers, oh. my smart self, and Jatol. Uh, l- l- let me ask: When the uh, the firebrand attacked, um, how how long had you been in the chipped bone for? Uh, I spend way too much time there as it is. Um, I think I had just come in about two, three hours previous. So the you, you're entering the chip bone wasn't the catalyst for the attack. No, I was sitting in my booth working on things. That's quite strange. You would you would think that you would have been the target. Yeah. Um, uh, was was anyone uh, Im- important to the eleventh hour um, injured? No, uh, Caliban got a little bit scorched up, but he's uh, he's a lot tougher than he looks. Have we increased security at, like, other restaurants and taverns, like? I, in the 11th hour, have enforcers. You've probably seen them on the streets. Just keeping an eye out. We still don't understand what the pattern here is. I mean, attack a soup kitchen and then attack me. I mean, it makes a lot more sense to attack the chip bone than it does the sloppy bull, which is where the question is. Could be personal against us and you. Yeah, but I mean, if... You know, uh, forgive me, but it, it just, and I don't understand how, you know, I don't understand most of the, anything that's ever going on, but like, I feel like if they were attacking you, they would have tried harder to attack you if it had been personal. Yeah. You know, it seems strange to go after the sense. establishment rather than, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. It's, uh, yeah. that's why I would hope, hoping. You can somehow find this firebrand, capture him, and bring him back to me. Because whatever's going on, I think, goes many my, many layers deeper than what I'm seeing right now. Yeah. Um, well, we'll do our best to 
Yeah, let's do it. I will say, though, you might want to like have our enforcers maybe plain clothes it a bit more. Because like, walking around, I can tell what might be a key building just by how many of our guards are outside of said building. <laughs> he smiles at you. Who's to say I don't have people out there in plain clothes? Well, I'm just but, saying to protect all the rest of our buildings. I mean, maybe not make it so obvious that there are buildings. People of the East Block need to look around them and feel like they're being protected. That's why a- we have so many people looking very obvious on the streets. Okay. I felt a lot safer on my way to work this morning. There you go. I don't know. I see an increased presence of guards and I think something's up and I should be on guard at all times. Well, I mean, if that is the effect it has on the firebrand, then that's fortunate for the local businesses. Maybe he'll be less likely to strike them. True, but it might be harder for us to find him if he's scared. She. Should we perhaps set a trap for the firebrand? Um, we... Like a water, like a water trap. I was, I was thinking more, um, you know, uh, sit in somewhere and set an ambush. Well, if we don't know what motivates him, I, I was, I was more thinking we, we set an ambush, make our location known, and perhaps. But if we don't know why he chooses the establishments he's chosen, it would be very difficult for us to set an ambush for him. We have no way of knowing if he would take the bait. Yes, this is quite the conundrum. Um, ooh, ooh, set up an eleventh-hour fundraiser. What if? What if? What if? Hear me out. A car wash. What if we rent uh, a small shop, like or or you know, set up a small what looks like a it doesn't have to be an actual shop, and then we we put a sign out, a big sign on the front that says uh, "Fire Supplies Sale." You know, you know how they do that downtown at the market. <laughs> Yes, but I think we hire some local people to work there, and we pay them uh, very low wages, and we sell actual fire supplies. Supplies for people that need to build fires. It's a tra- it's a trap, Carl. We can't actually start a fire supply business. Well, yes, and then we uh, we go to the temple, uh, the actuarial temple, and we uh, take out what is called insurance. Uh, <laughs> Insurance is uh, where you pay a temple a small amount of money um, every so often, and they promise to give you a much larger amount of money should your building burn down. Because um, I'm, I'm regretting having brought this up. Do you know how to turn them off? <laughs> I'm sorry, Bon Bon, but once you get fear-mongering going and profits flow, there's no stopping it. Dwarven is just giving you all the oddest looks. Have you all been drinking before you came in? Have we? No, I do. I wasn't. All right. Well, I hope your plan's a little bit better than what you're spitting out right here. You don't think the fire sale would work? I'm going to say no. <laughs> it's a better lead than knowing which business he's going to hit next. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he ran out of juice. What oh, if we made oh, a fire magic a, store? A fire magic store or a club that's like a, a club for people who like fire. Club fire? Ooh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, perhaps we could have a festival, in fact. A where... fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> where do we look? I don't know where to start so to look. dry at. bread with pieces of lettuce. Yeah. All right, well, I've got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, let me know if you need anything else. Like I said, you can talk to Helle, you can talk to Jatol. What's the current what? time? The current time is, um, let's see. You're doing this, you're doing that, you woke up late. Probably just like an hour before dusk. I mean, we're at the bathhouse, I'm taking a bath. Before 
you leave, Dwarven says. Now, here's one thing that I put together that might prove helpful for you, is that both time this firebrand has attacked, it's always been just a few hours after midnight. So if he's going to attack again, I'm guessing that's about when he uh, decides to go around and operate. Other than that, I got nothing. Well, it's something. It's better than nothing. Um, so we got to kill some time until midnight. Uh, we should uh, we should see about getting one of those um, those people to like wash our hair or whatever. Uh, bon Bon, you don't have to have anyone wash yours. I know you. Thank don't, you. Don't like it, but I don't, I don't want anyone to wash my hair. Here, I'll get taking a bath. Yeah, we're here. Are you each going to get private rooms? One communal room. Uh, I think one communal room. Uh, we're all you know we're all living together, so you know everyone's, <laughs> everyone's seen Carl's wrinkly uh, wrinkly elf. Sack already. <laughs> Everyone's seen your penis but me. <laughs> Just the tip. Just the berries. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's definitely seen Carl's berries. I think that's a, a running elf joke. Yeah, I was just having a bath, a fancy bath with you know, perfumes and shampoo and all that stuff, or an extra fancy bath where, you know, where you get an extra person to come in. Were you talking like a bath with a happy ending? <laughs> yes. Was that a like somebody ending. to like hold your towel for <laughs> you? Um, sure, your towel. Okay. If your towel were genitals. Oh. Bonbon, oh. Uh, <laughs> bon, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I, think, I think we've all been very stressed. I think we should go with the, the third option, the real fancy bath, you know? Is someone going to try to touch my genitals? Well, um, they're going to, you know, they're going to make sure your bath ends happily for you. Do you have any muscular goblin associates who work here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm afraid not. What about scrawny, nerdy looking um, Can you send out for Scoopy Nooper? I hear hear tell he's a great goblin. (laughs) Scoopy Nooper. Scoopy Nooper. What about gnomes? I could I could probably go for a gnome. <laughs> do you have any do you have anyone uh, roughly my associate's size to uh you know assist with the uh um, looking for a real buff halfling. What Jerome. is that role you're making? What, what I'm checking I... on the availability of gnomes. <laughs> gnomes, halflings, and uh, I think Bon 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 really had a crush on that gnome from Eureka Academy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we do have a uh very well chiseled uh, dwarven lad. Uh, is is uh, Hadrosh a dwarf? Yes, yes, he is. I'll take it. <laughs> Very well. Um, that's going to be uh, three gold pieces each if you're looking for a companionship. And you all still want the same room. I'm good here. I just want my hair. Uh, I, 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 I agree with Becca. So I, I really. Uh, Wait, I are you re- not getting a fancy <laughs> massage? <laughs> No Did way. you guys trick me into being the only one getting a fan- fancy massage? This is not how I envisioned losing my virginity. I'll get Carl some twins if there's twins. How about that? Uh, at least we'll all be there to cheer you on. <laughs> this is a game that got away from me. <laughs> uh, uh, w- 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 one room, please. Yeah, we'll make her think that we're all like... Do you want um some... Uh, personal companionship or no? Uh, my 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 friend here w- would like that young dwarven lab. Uh, my friend Beckus and I we we're just looking for some well, someone to wash I'm, our I'm hair. I'm asking your friend here, not you. Oh. No, I'm good actually. <laughs> yeah. Thank you though. That's what I thought. <laughs> All 
All right. So one never so- had a massage though. Is it just a massage or is he going to try to touch my genitals? I need well, to know what's going to happen. You can options. say no. Oh. You yeah. just decide how far you like it. I've never gotten a massage. Well, well if you just want a massage, it's go one gold. Go with the flow. I hand her one gold All right. and say, I would like a massage from the burly dwarven gentleman. All right. Okay. <laughs> He's got very strong hands. I like that. That's good. I'm, you know, I'm a, we're gobble, I'm a goblin. I'm not you, soft. One silver for the regular bath. Uh, Our hair washer included with the one silver. One one. copper if you're going to communal bath, like the big one. (laughs) Three silver if you want the fancy perfume and shampoo stuff. Way longer than fancy perfume stuff. Get me the. Bonbon's mad at you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna slip the extra gold piece after she leaves, like in case she needs it. What was the dwarven's dwarven lad's name? Uh, it's a good question. What's a good dwarven name? Uh, Milos. Vingros. Sure. Milos. Milos Vingros. <laughs> Call it's him hyphenated. Milos. M- Milos. Milos the dwarven prostitute slash masseuse. <laughs> uh, M- Milos. Uh, Far from home. Milos. My, Does he my... have a beard? <laughs> yes, it's very, like, it's very nicely chiseled beard, like not a okay, loose so hair out of like place. Like a disgraced dwarf. Like super... <laughs> Super groomed, well groomed. Okay, uh, Milos, I got. I gotta say, you are one of the most handsome dwarves uh, I've ever seen. Please, please take good care of my friend here. Does he have any scars? Uh, surprisingly, no. He looks like Mama, he does like we not can fix that. <laughs> he does not look like Hadrosh. He doesn't look like he's battle worn. He looks like he's on the younger side for a dwarf, maybe in his thirties, and probably just from like at first glance may not have ever been to any of the dwarven homelands it's just probably born and bred in in portion grand hmm. but he's a a handsome lad oh yeah but not by bonbon standards bonbon oh, thought her so was hot she likes that whole like <laughs> i've nearly died 12 times and i could definitely survive a long winter with few supplies that's her kind of thing or, or weston Hmm. <laughs> it was Damn it, absolutely the opposite a, of that. I'll why take your most grizzly white guy. Job, I should have done that. You got any squirrely white guys? This girl goes <laughs> crazy for him. Uh, does he have a lab coat in his repertoire of costumes? Can you cover him in blood? Can that would make him really socially boon. awkward. <laughs> anyway, all right. Bon Bon, I, I get a massage from the dwarf, and I do not have engage in intercourse with him. <laughs> All right, the massage is absolutely amazing. He does have very strong hands. I've never gotten one before, so I'm probably like a wet noodle now. I'm in the tub playing my little mini harp for you. <laughs> you can, you can hear it. For the next two hours, you're going to get a plus one circumstance bonus on one roll of your choice from being so relaxed. What would have happened if we'd had sex? Uh, then you probably would have gained the fatigued condition. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yay. I got a plus one circumstance. Which you can use once in next if you do something in the next two hours. Okay. All right, so you finish up. It's a it's about an hour after dark now. My hair is beautiful. <laughs> what exactly are you doing? You still have several hours before you're supposed to meet Floyd. Smell on my fresh hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sniffing like Beckus' hair after that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm admiring Beckus' hair. I'm petting it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're like, we're both touching <laughs> Beckus' hair here at this point. Like, we're just like, like, we're like not even moving. <laughs> Beckus is like preening probably, and we're like, we're both like, wow. 
This, I, is, this is the softest human hair Airlock I've ever just touched. Gives you, looking at you all weird. <laughs> I feel like I can't like walk. Why don't you? Why don't humans uh, get massages every single day? This is amazing. Although at the same time, I feel really soft. Like like a light wind could blow me over. Never mind. I don't like it on second thought. <sighs> I'm like a, I'm like jelly. It's like somebody made put jelly in me. Uh, Did so someone that put sounded jelly bad, huh? Did someone put jelly in me? <laughs> No, I did not gauge in sexual intercourse with the young dwarf. I would not have done that. <clears throat> I don't see the point. I'm not trying to make children. He isn't Weston, so I got a massage, and it felt very nice, and I did not see his genitals. You and Weston are trying to uh, make he children? He did see yours. Not yet. <laughs> I showed him mine, but he did not show me his. <laughs> he did hold my towel for me. He did? Yeah. Well, that's what you wanted, right? That is exactly all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and the towel was not your genitals. <laughs> the okay. Um, uh, so should we go check out, uh, was this Lady of the Bleak? Where's Floyd at outside of the uh, sloppy bowl? Yep, gotta go there. Yeah, he still have several hours to kill if he wanted to do something else, so he could just, you know, go get dinner or whatever. Um, I think of a way that I can track necromantic energy or a surge of said energy. Yeah, it's a little bit difficult with without higher level spells, I believe. Mm. I'm gonna go put my dress on. <laughs> the battle dress. <laughs> yeah. All right. Put on your um, rugged battle dress. Yeah, that's what I do. Could we? Um... Bonbon, could we perhaps like meet with a tailor and maybe add some cool like pockets and like a bandolier to it so it was like Ooh. not only fashionable but also functional? I mean, I know you call it the battle dress, but we could, I mean, we could perhaps even sew armor into it, make it a, a real battle dress. How much would that cost me? Well, I don't know. I mean, um, <laughs> how, how, uh, uh, it depends how much a, a battle dress seamstress would charge. How much? How many hours could conceivably Carl and I spend going to a tailor to try to outfit my dress for battle? <laughs> that would not be possible tonight. Remember, Tiffany offered to let you uh, use her tailor. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we can use Tiffany's tailor. <laughs> if Tiffany's tailor knows how to do battle dresses. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mina knows how we can make an appointment. Okay. Uh, Tiffany's tailor is the best tailor that's what uh, she said. She's making tailoring great again. Let me move my chair <laughs> oh my <God>. guy. <laughs> so, no plans? Just what? We're going to retrieve Bonbon's battle dress. John Bonbon, you're now in your <laughs> your battle dress. There was a there was a montage of me putting it on. All right. Okay. Um is Grimlock in the background like punching a punching a speed bag. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh You're the best. <laughs> 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 um I am going to sit in my room and meditate with a red candle lit. Okay. Just, um, I'm <laughs> I'll spend some time working. mindingly trying to find Dianora. Uh, I'll spend some time working on my uh, my statue. Okay. Um, Beckus, as you're meditating, why don't you make a, an occult check? Mm-hmm. Hey, you're playing dice again right now. That dice goes to jail. Ten. Ten, all right. You 
have a fitful meditation <laughs> filled with no random inspiration. <laughs> Damn it. I watch Carl Whittle for a while. Okay. You know, Carl, I mean, I, 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 I poke fun. I make jokes. Uh, but you really are quite talented. Well, well, thank you. Um, and I'm, I've, Carl's been working on like a, like a, an inch by like an inch of this like statue for his, his apprentice anyway. Um, and like, I, I, like, Carl's like removing like micrometers of wood. Just like the deep, the detail that's going into it is, uh, it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent of Carl's attention. He's like, oh, 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 oh. thank, thank you, Bon Bon. And he, he goes back to his, his inch that he's working on. Grimlock walks in and sits down right in front of you and watches as well. I lean out the doorway. <laughs> My, that is the most intricately detailed dick I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Um, you know, I, I uh, that's where I put all my attention into these things. Isn't your dick? Well, no, in dicks, dicks in general. Um, you know, I've I've seen in, in ten thousand years, I've seen hundreds of dicks, and I'm I'm great at carving them. But what is that? I've seen so many dicks, Just hundreds, thousands of dicks. Seriously though, what are you carving? I can't see from here, Carl. Well, this is um, this is a statue. It's a it's a mother um, weeping over um, a, a, a dead child. Um, it, it represents my grief over the loss of the innocent life that is my apprentice and her brother. Are you a mother on the inside, Carl. Um, no, the mother is more of a a, a metaphor for. Um, you understand the inside of a mother. Well, um. <laughs> You know, now that now that you uh, you know mention it, um, you know, elves are we we can you know I I have never personally experienced motherhood, but um, you know I uh, some of my friends um, chose to to become mothers, and um, you know I had a a, a great friend named um, uh, Derek um, growing up. Um, well, of course, his name was. Uh, uh, Illithane, um, and he had a bunch of other things. Uh, he had, he had, a, he had a long name. It is an elven name. Uh, but I, I called him Derek. But, um, you know, somewhere around his thousandth year of life, he decided that he, uh, wanted to experience motherhood. And it, you know, it took him a couple decades, but, uh, eventually he was, he was able to become a, a, a female elf. And, um, uh, we, we had a, we had a child. Um, I have a, a I had a, a full elf child with, uh, with a friend who I'd grown up with, and how come you've never talked to Bon Bon about this? I feel like this would help a lot with her research into her infertility. You um, had a child with your male friend Derek. Well, um, uh, her, her her name was uh, uh, Jesse uh, when we had uh, the child together, and it had been, you know, five hundred years since I'd seen my friend Derek. Um, so wait, you can alter your your reproductive system? Well, uh, it, it takes a long time. Um, I mean, turn any goblins into of... females and see if that works. Yeah, how would one do that? How do you change your reproductive system like that? Well, it's kind of an uh, kind of an elf thing. Um, so, uh, literally an elf thing. They have the ability, like you turned into a tree. Yeah. Um. You. So. Um. Well, I could. I could. So you just. Um. And I. I personally haven't done this, but I, I think you just, if you wanted to become a um, like a male. Goblin, I think you would just think about um, being a male goblin really, really hard for, um, you know, like a couple hundred years. And um, Our average lifespan is like 60. Wow, you've really got the short end of the evolutionary <laughs> stick here. 
You think Bon Bon as a man would be bang bang? <laughs> I think Bon Bon as a man would be fun. Fair <laughs> <Yeah>, point. <laughs> And yes, the answer is absolutely yes. That would be my name. <laughs> be boom boom. No, it'd be bang bang. No, it'd be bang bang. If I turned myself into a baby, it would be boom boom. I guess okay. if I was a lady, I'd be like Becca. Or just Becca. <laughs> Becca. <laughs> oh my God, your best friend Tiffany. <laughs> Becca and Tiffany. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, wait, Be- Becca's can disguise themselves as a. I could, but it takes a kit to do. I thought you have the the. Dis- I can change my appearance to like different ages, but it, I'm still the same. Like, oh, you can't you can't look like a like a, a grandma. No, okay. I could look like an old grandpa, but not a grandma. I guess I could turn into a grandpa and then put on like a wig, and it wouldn't be much of a difference. <laughs> put on like a <laughs> sack of grandmas. Like, just <laughs> yeah. get like a droopy sack of beans and like throw them over my shoulders so they hang low. Yeah, it's really hard to tell the genders of old people apart. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I always said it. Alex Trebek looked like my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, your engaging conversation. Yeah, sorry about the genitals of elves. Such time. gentle elves. This is how we spend our time, our precious time, talking well, about elf genitals. Even in the game, like this is this is in character that we're doing. This, this. is some new leeway. <laughs> I understand this. This is some new leeway, well. though, in terms of Bon Bon's uh, mm-hmm. research. Oh yeah, uh, B- Bon Bon. Um, you know we. Maybe maybe you could interbreed with elves. Well, that is something that we haven't tried in our tribe is to, uh, you know, bring in outside species or races to, you know, see if the problem that we're having is it just seems that the reproductive systems of literally everyone in the village have stopped functioning. So I don't know if the seed of an elf would be able to produce anything within the womb of a goblin because the womb of the goblin is the problem. What about the the male, the male goblins? Are you saying there's no um um no no finale? No, the finale is happening, but the thing that uh happens after the finale is not. They're, so they're, so they, they don't take a nap afterwards? What is <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of hero points, by the way. You all have them There's all. One more. Oh, is there what, uh, what is that human phrase? I heard someone say it at, a, at that tavern that one time. They're shooting blanks. <laughs> like, with a, like with an arrow. Like an arrow without a tip. No. No, it has a tip. <laughs> um, do the gnomes have uh, Do like, they have chicken eggs Or are they just like good to eat eggs You know what I mean Are they fertilizable Is it just the males Or is it the female it's embryos it's as well everyone. We, we distributed a potion That was supposed to do something um, that, And what it, what it actually did Was it sterilized Everyone in our tribe And we don't know how or why because the reproductive systems are still intact, they're just not reproducing anything, and we don't know how to reverse the effects of it, because we don't know what caused it to begin with. What about getting a bunch of other goblin children from another village and raising them um, in, in the snow goblin way? Um, well, I mean, yes, we could do that, obviously. We could adopt, I mean, we couldn't just go to a neighboring snow goblin village and steal their children. We're not characters from a fairy tale, but well, I mean, what if know, we just we b- borrowed them? You know, we said, hey, we need, we need to borrow these kids for a couple of years. Um, they'll, be, they'll be fine. You guys can just make some more. 
Wait, um, you want them to come into our village and make children for us? Well, just no, no, no. You take the children that they've already made and they just make some more. We wouldn't be able to make children with those children. <laughs> well, yeah, but those children you could raise in your village's ways. And, you know, as, as people in the village slowly drop off, you replace them with, you know, outside outside fresh blood that hasn't been tainted with the... Trade away know. some of your males. But they wouldn't be of our bloodline. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be real. It would just be the appearance of a lineage. But they wouldn't be of our bloodline. And, and you know, I mean, my people... We we enjoy raising families, and we would like very much to keep our tribe going in, in a very real way. But what was the potion supposed to do? I don't remember. It was supposed to increase their fertility, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it was supposed to increase their fertility. Um, Were there population problems before? Yes. So we were trying to... Um, you know, we were trying to fix that problem by increasing the tribe's population. And, and there was some sort of error that I still don't understand what it was. Um, my father died while he, before we really refined it. And I, I was young and idealistic, and I, I thought that I could improve the potion in some way that, that didn't work. And, and so... I'm the one who sterilized my entire tribe. You know, that was on me. So that's why I'm trying to figure out a way to reverse it. But but if the problem lies within the, the reproductive system. And I, I don't know how to fix that, you know. Well, yeah, you know, if it, if it lasts for more than four hours, you're really supposed to contact somebody. Uh, um, so... So this 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 potion, um, you you all you all took it at once. Well, yeah, yes, it was administered. Well, I mean, not all at the exact same time, but it was administered to the entire tribe, including the children. It was just something that we wanted to get ahead of, so that we could seamlessly and naturally carry on with our lives while at the same time increasing our tribe's population. Wow, I don't think I've ever genocided a whole people before, uh, Bon Bon. I don't. Um, Carl, I mean, <laughs> how, out how can we? Room. How can how can even Rufus slap shut the back <laughs> of the head? How bon can, Bon looks mortified. Can, by the way, how can I? How can how can we help you? There must be, there there must be something. Um, well, an associate of ours at the library has been had been looking into. Um, there there have been other accounts of mass sterilizations uh, throughout history. Unfortunately, none of them that I've found were caused by the same thing in the same way. But the Eureka Academy. Kidnapping. Yeah, it's true. The Eureka Academy is reported to contain information that might help my people, and that's actually why I initially came to Portion Grand. I just realized that, like, you guys don't know any of this about me at all. Like, we haven't really talked about it. But um, I initially came... Well, you know a little bit, I guess. But I initially came to Portion Grand uh, hoping to gain access to Eureka Academy as I was told that if anyone in the world could help me, it would be the, the scholars there. And I was in the process of get, gaining access when I met Beckus and then kind of ended up becoming like a superhero or some shit. And now <laughs> I have no idea where my life has gone. <laughs> um, how much time remains? Uh, I, I assume it's getting real close to midnight so we can move on. <laughs> Do I have any much more time to make one more prayer? No, no. It's just going to be sort of a general all over roll. Okay. But if you ever wanted to lend me some of your semen, I could take it back to my people and see. I mean, a, an elf as virile as you, if the inter if the interrace, uh, the, the interracial procreation is an option, I would imagine your your 
progeny would probably be the most useful. Where where exactly is is your village located? Very 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 far north. Um, you know, um, I, I may have visited your village um way way back in the day. I've been to the very far north. Um, well, technically, snow goblin villages move throughout the year, and we're nomadic. Yeah, there's many, 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 many snow goblin tribes. Depends on the cave. <laughs> you could have visited that particular region of the world and yeah. run into snow goblin tribes, but Mom, how, how many how many snow goblin tribes are there? Oh, hundreds. So, um, you just uh, p- presumably they're all all the rest of them are are all are virile as can be. As far as I know, uh, I, our tribe is the only tribe that was yes. Are, are snow goblins particularly virile? I, my experience with goblins was I, I thought they often had lots of children. Um, I mean, it depends. Honestly, uh, we are as virile as any other race, I believe. But uh, we do have issues of, of um, I guess you could say, lower fertility than some. I think it's the cold. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the... Um, your 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 tribe um you presumably have what, 30 40 years to solve this problem for as long as i'm alive at least uh, my father and i were really the only people capable of both causing and solving it and now with my father gone it kind of falls to me there really isn't anyone else in our tribe that, that do, is qualified do, do you have the formula for this potion i do um would would there be perhaps an alchemist here that may be knowledgeable and said things i know we asked at the library but um surely a city's biggest portion grand uh, there, there must be someone that could analyze the formula did carl seriously mm-hmm. just figure out something that i should have figured out a fucking year ago that i could have just given the formula to gar took and asked him to see if maybe i would assume <laughs> i feel like you feel like you did, did. originally did when you first met him in the prequel stuff that we yeah. didn't we, oh, that's okay, not up okay. on the on the on the anchor but if i remember correctly gar took has looked over it and studied it and okay came now, came to no solid conclusion on it, which is thus the Eureka Academy, you know, a whole place with a whole bunch of brilliant people. Maybe somebody will figure something. Right, I'm pretty right, sure right. that's how he set forth. You set forth doing that because I think he suggested that to you. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So yeah, I relay that to Carl. Um, as far as I know, Gartuk was not able to reverse engineer any sort of antidote for it. Again, it all kind of goes back to, I need to eventually get into the Eureka Academy. So if there's ever a time when, you know, we're not all in crisis, um, that would probably be the, you know, what I would need to go back to. Is that original plan? Uh, let, let, me, let me ask you, Bon Bon, if we were to get the formula for this potion, um, would you need to return to your people to administer it or would you just send it back for them? Oh, no, I would return to them. I'm the one who did this to them. I would want to be there to undo it. Would they trust you? Yeah. They're not, I mean, they're not coming at me with pitchforks or anything. Nobody, you know, I mean, if they hate me, they don't say it to my face. These things happen. As far as she knows, she's not exiled. Yeah, no. I I mean, everybody was uh, very fond of my father. He was an incredibly popular man, a very, a man of science, a man of, he was great. Everybody loved him. And, uh. So, uh, thankfully, that has sort of garnered quite a bit of forgiveness and sympathy from the tribe for me. I think most of the uh, most of the hatred that I feel kind of comes from within myself. Oh, well, that's that's the most unfortunate kind of hatred. You just got to get over that sometimes. 
Thank you Perhaps for Perhaps we can get over that by solving another mystery. Yeah. Come on, Scoobies. Right, so I throw on my cloak and start walking out the door regardless of whether they're ready or not. <laughs> Good idea. You make your way through the night down the road to the sloppy bowl, which is already looking a little bit uh, in a little bit better shape. People have been sort of repairing it with the anticipation that Brenya will someday come back and run it again, or at the very least someone else will take it over and it'll still remain this sort of landmark of the spot. You see standing out front, leaning on the wall. It looks like he seems to be counting his own fingers or doing something with his fingers. You see Floyd. Um, Mon Mon, I don't think you ever met Floyd. He's very tall, kind of lanky, very awkward. He has an ex- sort of a long neck that his head kind of bobs around on when he looks at things. He's always dressed in like, even just looking at his heavy woolen clothing makes you sweat. He just packed packed it on like he's ready for winter, even though it's still like it's like an eighty degree night. That's Fahrenheit for our listeners in Germany. <laughs> what about the listeners in other places that use Fahrenheit or that use Celsius? Oh, we only have German listeners, as far as I can well, see. <laughs> there's only there's only two systems: Celsius and Fahrenheit. So, so they and can figure it out if they really want. It. It's eighty. Everyone's real uncomfortable. Slowly getting cooked, <laughs> getting ready to boil <laughs> at a hundred. <laughs> so he sees you approaching and like waves and stares down at you, Bon Bon. Haven't had a chance to actually meet you, uh, Bon Bon, yes? He reaches down a hand to shake. I, uh, I shake his hand. Yes, I am Bon Bon. Hello. Floyd. Nice to meet you, Floyd. Oh, uh, so... I take it since you're here that you wish to meet my friends. Oh, uh, yes. At the very least, we haven't really sorted anything out, but we wanted to hear you guys out, and we were hoping that, you know, maybe we might get some answers to some other questions as well. You get, you've been so helpful. Hopefully these people will be uh, as well. Well, they can certainly perform the service. Uh, you'll definitely want to talk to, to them. Uh, now, just remember that these people are not... Strictly welcome. I know there's a lot of there are a lot of misconceptions about those who worship the bleak lady um, that they are connected to necromancy and such. They are not necessarily like that. The people who worship her are generally more. They are generally more um, meditators on nothingness and the acceptance of absence as a means for guidance. The, the bleak lady is, uh, in case you're not familiar with her, um, let me look through my notes. I keep losing things. Don't worry, Donnie, you're not in any danger. They're nihilists. <laughs> These men are cowards, Donnie. <laughs> in case, I mean, my, I'm, I'm assuming... Uh, with all the things, and he's talking as he walks you toward the south gate of the east block. I am assuming that dealing with all of these things, with the coins that you have all become well versed in the the veil and the concept of the veil and the nihil, and the beast that lives there, and the nihil is sort of the an absence, a negative energy, so that the other planes of existence don't touch and kind of blow each other up. Um, that's positive energy, negative energy. There has to be sort of a river crossing through it. The veil. Like little 
tunnels leading through from one place to another so spirits can move around, kind of like hallways in the dark. There's uh, more to it than that. There are these pockets that some refer to as the void, which are true empty space. Nothing, absolutely nothing. No negative energy, no positive energy. And truly, anybody who even enters into them simply ceases to exist because they have no... Um, there's no reality there. Um, Veracetta walks the pockets of the void. Very unique in that respect. Um, <clears throat> she is often connected to undeath and the undead, but not in the way that most people would think. She's more associated with creatures that would be considered undead by some, but that actually aren't. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a vampire. Um, uh, y- y- yes, they, um, they oftentimes go to small bars and describe them, uh, to disguise themselves as smart on small town bartenders, um, often picking <laughs> colloquial names like, uh, like Johnny, F- Johnny, Johnny Memphis. Lauderdale. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say I'd back in the day, in. I worked at a newspaper and I had an interview. <laughs> with a vampire hunter. Yes, they're known to sparkle in the daylight. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to make a Twilight joke. <laughs> so hard. Uh, well, in my world, vampires are very much considered a myth. I was going to say, like, I've heard stories. I was told stories of vampires as a child around a campfire. You know, it's something that our families, our parents used to tell us to frighten us at night for sport. I've read a few erotic novels uh, on the subject. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I believe so. uh, was it was it Anne Kinoa's uh, erotic fiction. Mm-hmm. But yes, Farisette is more associated with those, not the the creatures that we've been hunting down and killing. You've been hunting down and killing. Farisette is uh, exists under the aspect Yariyatha. If you know the aspects, she is chaos and madness, and she is the ruler of the Vale. Some people misconceive that Yana is the mistress of the veil. Um, Yana is more of a guide. If I were to compare this to, say, the regular world, you might think of Yana as like Charon, the go- oh. the uh, you know the person who guides you into the land of the dead or through the land of the dead, and Yari Yetha is more like hell or what's the other god that's <laughs> Hades, <laughs> Hades, something like that. Yari Yetha is pure madness. Now, the difference here between most of these, most gods and goddesses in Farisetta is that she has no reserve bringing people back from the dead. To her, it is nothing. However, she does tend to ask favors of people, and given her rather erratic nature, these favors can be very, very interesting. I've heard tales of one person who was tasked with having tea with a bear in the woods. You know, the other people have been asked to slaughter a, a thousand enemies. It's very odd. I'm just warning you what you're getting potentially getting into. Um, I, I would like to have tea with a bear. And I would slaughter a thousand enemies while having tea with a bear. Well, let's hope you get those ones. <laughs> Again, this notion of her being associated with necromancers not really true. Some necromancers will use her power because she is very giving in her own way. But for the most part, Veraceta actually destroys and hunts down her and her her minions, um, the night jackals, or the void jackals, hunt down and destroy the creatures that the beast tries to send through the veil 
because she sees them as these sort of rogue entities that need to be destroyed. Is there any way to summon any of these night jackals for like you wouldn't hunts? want to you wouldn't want to <laughs> unless you can control one it would most likely devour your soul completely they're very dangerous what if we summoned it like a distance and then ran away uh, well then you would just release unleashed havoc upon I mean when many, hunt many that people. creature first at least what if we don't know anyone where we release it you know then they're just they're just nameless people <laughs> well if you wish to slaughter innocent children then be f- Feel free. Well, no, just just uh, you know, I just want to bring the jackal into the world. What well, what he does when he's here is you know his own business. So he's telling you all this, and eventually he takes you through the south wall. The guards kind of step up, and he just he throws them a couple of coins and says, "Official eleventh hour business." Excuse us. They nod, open the side door, and let you all through. Takes you south, further south into areas of neighborhood that none of you are really familiar with, into this old. Very old neighborhood that's filled with large, dilapidated mansions. It looks like it was a very affluent part of town, but everything's just, it's just abandoned. You don't, you see a few stray cats, you hear some noises here and there, you're not sure if there's even people around here, you don't see any. If if there are, they're very sneaky. And most of these mansions are locked up behind these large iron gates. It's like some sort of community. And this dilapidated neighborhood goes on for several blocks. It's just a very large swath of Porsham Grand that just has no people anymore, and you're none of you are really familiar with it. And Floyd explains, says the entire neighborhood is uh, here is owned by one very rich person, uh, but he's refused to renovate or sell the land. The public excuse, of course, is that he's demanding the guilds increase the estimated property values of the area, but the reality, of course, is that the priests of Ferrisetus have their little home here so they aren't going to be hunted down and slaughtered as being mistaken for necromancers. And, oh, here's the spot right now. He leads you up to one particular mansion, big, large wrought iron gate, dilapidated. Doesn't look like there's any light coming from inside, but then a lot of the windows look boarded up or they are like look like they're smoked over. He opens the iron gate, which creaks open like, he has, kind of has to struggle to get it to move on its hinges. After he opens it up, he sits and he casts a spell, which, um, Carl, I'm just going to say you recognize as the message spell. Sweet. And he kind of looks up, and you see him looking toward a window where you just make out a shadowy figure. And then about 30 seconds later, the front door of the mansion opens up, and he says, um, all right, it's time to go meet the empty ones. They'll be able to answer your questions further. And you all stride through the gate and up into the door and into the mansion. And that's where we're going to end it, right? Before you get to meet your potential allies in raising the dead. Assuming you want to risk your soul. Ha, 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 ha. There we go. You got some loot. Got some leads, maybe. And uh, stuff happened. And I guess we're done. <laughs> so, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, let's start plugging some various websites and social media things. <laughs> Molly, do you want to start with your podcast? Oh, my podcast. Yeah, if you for whatever reason enjoyed my contribution to this game, you might enjoy possibly uh, listening to me ramble about horror movies, which I do over at Final Girl Friday on Anchor.fm. And if you want to follow... The antics of Romageddon, uh, you know, whenever we actually post something, we have an Instagram account, 
We have a Twitter, which is Romageddon at Romageddon. And we just started a Buy Me a Coffee page. Buy Me a Coffee allows you to donate and help us out. Uh, the money that you're donating will go to buy bigger, faster, stronger, harder um, recording equipment. And Daft Punk albums. And da- the, all the Daft Punk albums. <laughs> But not the rights to them because it's apparently very expensive. Oh, I yeah. imagine it is. <laughs> yeah. So you can go and the donations are what do we set it at? Three dollars. Three dollars is the bear is the base. So like you know, um, and when you donate a single, if you make a single donation of three dollars, that purchases an NPC. Yeah, so you'll get to leave a comment when you when you uh, give give a donation, and in the comment, leave a name of an NPC. Or a location. So if you have a name of a nice tavern, go ahead and leave it. If you have a name of somebody you want to show up in the game, go ahead and leave it. I cannot guarantee they'll show up immediately. And I cannot guarantee if you name somebody, say, Dick Bottom Wiggle Tits, that they're going to show up anytime soon because I Not will have Hector to Hector the Well-Endowed. Hector the Well-Endowed. Next time you go to the bathhouse, maybe. <laughs> Yes, Molly? Uh, it was actually something we probably should have discussed outside of the podcast, but it just occurs to me that a person can actually purchase multiple NPCs at one time. So if you make a donation, does that mean that like, even – so like let's say somebody goes in and wants to, you know, donate that base $3 for the NPC, but they want to do that, you know, 10 times. Would that mean that – that $30 donation would get them 10 NPC names or would they st- still only name one NPC because it was a single one? It's a level donation. 10 NPC. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I'm going to say, I guess what I'm going to say, even though some people may be listening to this far in the future and it may have changed, is for now, yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't have any donations right now, so I can hold it. If we start getting, for some bizarre reason, like 100 NPC names, a month, we might have to change that because I don't have 100 NPCs in my games in any one month. <laughs> of course, and that could be a good motivator. You know, like if somebody donates $100 and names 100 NPCs, you got to figure out a way to work those into the story. And we could just have one of those like little, you know, fun scenes where Beckus, Carl, and Bon Bon are like walking down the street in the market and we're just keep pointing and being like, hey, Dirk Bottom Wiggle Tits. Hey, nice to see you. <laughs> you know, and like just go well, down. <laughs> We'll get to that. When we, I, I think also, if you guys have any ideas for for paid for buy me a coffee rewards um, that you'd be interested in, um, maybe include those too. Yeah, and we can like just offer like a, it'd be nice to offer a wider variety of things for people to do, like you name an NBC or you know name a location or maybe um, I don't want to say give someone a hero point because then I, we're going to run out of hero points. <laughs> me, <Come> to me. <laughs> we will be doing that eventually with a different sort of promotion, but not right now. It would be kind of fun, too, because the other great thing about Buy Me a Coffee is it also has a shop section. So once we have merchandise, like T-shirts and stuff, um, which maybe that's probably more just for us right now because, like, I really want a Romageddon T-shirt. But we could also sell it through there. So that's something else to keep an eye out, you know, as moving forward. Another reason to go to the Buy Me a Coffee page is that you may see Romageddon merch pop up there eventually. All right. That sounds cool. I did not realize you could do that. I guess there's stuff that I forgot to tell you about it when we were saying yeah. it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's up now. All I know yeah. is it's up and We it's have active. a buy me a coffee. <laughs> we'll get more stuff up and active at a certain point. Uh, but yeah, okay. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we got to get going because I got to clear this room out. I got to go get dinner. Yeah, I, dinner sounds good as well. I got to open some the of that. door because I'm sweating and I can feel yeah. it slowly <laughs> rolling down my back. All right. No wonder so, we're falling asleep. So let's get this outro going. Uh, thank you for listening. I have been Jason, the Game Master. 
I have been Jordy playing Beckus Brandywine, the human bard extraordinaire. And I have been Carl playing Ali, the human, playing Carl, the elf wizard. <laughs> Time loop. <laughs> now we wait for Molly to recover. I'm sorry. You just transformed into a horse. Like, I was I know, visualizing I totally... you as a horse. As, as like, you're girl, like, that. the talking horse. Somebody oh. put peanut butter in my mouth so that I would look <laughs> like I'm talking. I, I cannot follow any of that up. You guys know who I am. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Is oblivious. Share. As usual. Talking to my boyfriend. Earth to share. Come in, share. <laughs> listen, tell him. Listen. Uh, and may I remind you that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. <clears throat> what? What were we talking about? Dice. Get your dice out. <laughs> Get your dice out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my son, failure to pull out. Uh, <laughs> I think he's self evident. <laughs> uh, he's both a failure to pull out. And he's generally a failure. Yeah. <laughs> and this is his sister, Rhythm Method. <laughs> <laughs> rhythm Method. <laughs> testing, one, two, three, testing. Syphilis, syphilis. Herpes. 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 Sound like a Pokemon. Herpes, herpes, herpes. <laughs> what do you evolve into? <laughs> Blisters. Sorbonne. <laughs> Sordong. <laughs> Herbie evolves into Sordong. Evolves into hospital visit. All right, ready to go? I don't know. Don't you want to talk about testicles for another hour? Testicles. Testies. No. Testies. Testies. One, one two. two. Where's the Onion Man? <laughs> <laughs>